Thank you so much for choosing to listen to the Refuge podcast today. At Refuge, we believe all people matter to God. Now here's an inspiring message from one of our leaders or pastors that will help you grow in your relationship with God. Did you know that God's word concerning you is true? And did you know that his word doesn't return to him void? When he sends forth his word, it goes forth and it does what he says it's going to do. He doesn't make mistakes. And when he said you're a new creature in Christ Jesus, he meant it. And when he said you have been born again to a living hope and to uh, a seed that's imperishable and incorruptible and that you're seated with him in the heavenlies, he meant it. And some of us need to stop trying to feel our way to the truth. We need to stop saying, God, I don't feel like your word is true for me today. We need to start believing God's word is true for us, whether we feel it or not. What would your life look like? How different would your life look like if you lived your life like the word of God was true and everything about it affected you in a real and living way? What would your, what would your life look like? James said, So speak and so act as those that are judged by the perfect law of liberty. So speak and so act. What is he saying? He's saying get your actions lined up with what you believe. You want to know why we don't have our actions lined up with what we believe? Because we don't believe right. Our belief systems are twisted from the day we were born. How many of you were born? Raise your hand. (laughs) When you were born... You, you began to develop a belief system. The Bible specifically calls out two belief systems. One of them is the law, and one of them is lawlessness. When you did something bad as a child, your parents either disciplined you or they let you get away with it. The discipline, when they disciplined you, you knew you weren't right with them. You knew you did something bad. So you had to either do something good to get back in right with them, or accept the penalty, whatever it was. Or you had a set of parents that didn't care, or you didn't have parents, whatever the case is, and you knew you could get away with it. So lawlessness. I mean, the, the, Bible, the Bible says it um, like this. Let's go back and look at the Levitical law. So to really understand what the, when the Bible starts talking about the law, how many of you ever read the Bible and been like, oh, the law is irrelevant, it's Old Testament, it doesn't apply to me. Well, actually, the principle of the, lie, very, of the law very much uh, applies to us today, and it affects us. It's kind of like gravity. You can choose not to believe in gravity, but it really doesn't matter. It's still going to affect you, and it's still going to hold you to the ground. So to go back and really understand what the law meant, or what it means to us today... The Ten Commandments were laid down, and then the, Levit- the, Levit- the Levitical law came to follow. And what it was, it was, it was a set of rules and regulations that God laid down in order for the Israelites to maintain righteousness with them. The word righteousness means right standing, right standing with God. So they had to earn righteousness through the law. So bring that context into like a natural law if you really want to understand what it means how many of you ever how many of you ever got a speeding ticket before yeah you're alive i saw you you <laughs> no so when you get a speeding ticket okay if you get a speeding ticket here in the state of wisconsin 
Cop pulls you over. Yep, it was me. I broke the law. You get a speeding ticket. You are now not in a state of right standing with the state of Wisconsin. You have broken the law, and now you are outside the state of good standing. Now, that's exactly how it worked Levitically with God in the Old Testament. When you broke his law, you were not in right standing with him. So how does that apply to me and you today? Because Christ came, right? And he said, I have not come to, what, abolish the law. And what is he saying? I have not come to get rid of that list of ordinances that you have to do in order to be made right with me. I'm not here to get rid of that. I'm here to fulfill it. So what does that mean? Well, today, a lot of us, go, go back to my, my earlier example of when you're, you're programmed to think one or the other way. Today, you're innately born thinking, okay, I have to do something to earn righteousness. Well, that's, that's not scripture. But when you, when you became a new creature in Christ Jesus, you still have these old mindsets that have to go. So your belief system is still old, and it needs to get renewed. It needs to change. So you come to God with this belief system that says, okay, God, just like I had my mom and my dad discipline me when I did something wrong, I've done something wrong, therefore there must be a penalty. Well, in God's Levitical law, there was a penalty to be paid. Now here, Christ has paid that penalty, and we're walking around thinking that we still have to pay a penalty when we don't really understand that Christ paid that penalty for us. See, let me ask you this question. How many of you, and I'm, I'm, I'm saying this to illustrate how powerful your belief system is and how God wants to renew your belief system from what, when you came to the cross, you still have a lot of things that you believe about yourself that aren't true. And you need to stop believing those things. You need to start reading your word. You need to start understanding what the word says about you and start believing based on the word. So how many of you put clothes on before you came here? Please raise your hand. <laughs> You're not raising your hand. So why did you choose the set of clothes that you, that you have on right now? Comfortable. There's one. Some, some lady has to say it. Cute. There it is. You thought you looked cute. Yeah. All right. So here's... Here's the, here's the moral of this, is that your belief system caused you to do something. You didn't have to think very hard about it. Your belief system caused you to put a set of clothes on that you felt was appropriate. You with me? We need to get our belief systems right. When we come to God, we have a belief system that says, if I do something wrong... I'm out of right standing with God. When that's not scriptural, he says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He says that's who you are. He says that you have been justified by faith. So that means that, what does is, what is being justified mean? It means that, that I am just as if I have never sinned. It means that my state before God, when I believe that his word is true of me, as if I have never sinned. Somebody goes, well, that doesn't make any sense. I've made all kinds of sins. That's not how God sees you. You need to get your mind renewed. That's not how God sees you. So, and I, I just want to say that this subject 
you could spend hours and hours and hours talking about the law, its effects, the, the, and, and the, how to properly walk after the Spirit. However, we only have 25 minutes, so we have to kind of falter through it. Not falter, but we have to get through a lot of this. So I really want to encourage you to go back and study Romans 6, 7, and 8. That's where this is all coming from, to really pay attention to it and look at it, okay? So we're going to go right to Romans 8. It says, Therefore... There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. So right here the Apostle Paul draws out two things. He says, hey, there's a law. And how many of you know that God built the universe on laws? It works. There's the law of gravity. Like I said, it doesn't matter if you believe in it or not. It's going to affect you. You know, if you woke up one morning and said, I don't believe in gravity, it doesn't matter. You're still going to be nailed to the ground. There's the law of sowing and reaping. It's, it's not a natural law. It's a spiritual law. And you know what? You don't, have to, you don't have to know the Lord or be saved in order for that law to work. It works because God said it works. God built the universe on laws, on principles, on things that work because he said they work. So the law of gravity, physical law, law of sowing and reaping, Spiritual law. Right here, the Apostle Paul gives us two spiritual laws that if you're ignorant of them, it doesn't matter. They're still going to affect you. Now, one of them, the law of sin and death, okay, will lead you to inevitably death. Now, the other one, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, will lead you to what? Life. Exactly. Now, let's, let's explain these two laws like this. So, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death. A couple of months ago, I was having dinner with one of my brothers, and we were not talking about anything in particular. And he begins to tell me about how he was filing his taxes for the year. And he said, you know, I just got the craziest phone call from my accountant. I said, okay. He said, my accountant calls me and asks me if I want to pay a tax on my health care plan because it's not a qualifying health care plan, and technically it's against the law to have that. And I said, okay. And he said, he said and then so I asked my accountant, I said, what do you mean do I want to pay the tax? <laughs> and the accountant, to which the accountant replied, well, that, there is a law that says you have to have health care and it has to be a qualifying plan. Yet the new administration passed another law that says if you don't want to pay the tax, you don't have to. And, well, we thought that was pretty great. We thought, well, hey, that's pretty cool. We don't have to pay the tax. I started thinking about this, and I thought to myself, why in the world would anyone ever want to pay the tax? Like, if you didn't have to, why would, you, why would your accountant even ask the question? And then it hit me. Because if you didn't know there was another law, you would have to obey it. If you didn't know there was another higher law that said, yes, remember, th the tax is still there. That law never went away. It's still very much in legislation. It still very much says, you have to pay the tax. Yet, there's another law that says, if you don't want to pay the tax, you don't have to. Now, the only reason you would is because you haven't taken the time or invested the energy to understand, <clears throat> excuse me, what that new law means, what its effect is towards you. Let me ask you this. After
after my brother found out that he didn't need to pay that tax, how hard do you think it was for him to not pay the tax? Do you think he had to wrestle about it for a long time and go, oh, I really want to give, oh, Uncle Sam needs this. No, it was very much an intuitive decision that he made because he understood there was a higher law that set him free from a tax that he didn't have to pay. Okay, so now that we understand the analogy, what does it mean that the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death? You want to know why the Apostle Paul didn't say the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from sin and death? You want to know why he said the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has set you free from the law of sin and death? Because you don't have a choice if it's a law. If you break the law, you have to pay the penalty. There is a law of sin and death. Every one of us break it, and there's a penalty to be paid. And we walk around living our lives by the law of the Spirit. I'm sorry, we don't have to anymore. You don't have to live by the law of sin and death anymore. And you know what? The only reason we are is because we haven't gotten in the Word, got our minds renewed, and said, oh, it's actually intuitive. I don't have to pay the tax. It's not a hard decision anymore because I understand that I don't have to pay the tax anymore. I don't have to sin. I don't have to give in to it because there's a higher law that I can live by. So, whew. For, the law, for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh... God did, everybody say God did. God did. He didn't say God is going to do. He said God did. And that's really important. God isn't going to do anything more than what he did on the cross for you. He already did it. Get into the word and find out what it is so that you can live by it. So for what the law could not do, weak as it was through the flesh. If you go back and understand Romans 7, what, it, what that is, and I'm not, I can't really get into it right now for the sake of time, but understand what the law did, weak as it was through the flesh, the, law, the sin found power the second the law came in to enact. So, so when the law was passed, when God, when God said, it's kind of like this, don't think of an elephant. What's everybody do? They think of an elephant, right? So that's exactly what the law did. God said, don't do this, and the flesh automatically did it. So that's what, his, what, his, um, what he's saying here is, is that the law, and, and you can actually go and, and read in, uh, in Matthew where you, you find that the, the law is righteous, it's holy, it's good, its demands are not bad, they're reasonable, they are perfect. The Bible says that the law is perfect, but it doesn't offer you any help in Meeting it. So, weak as it was through the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, he condemned sin in the flesh so that the, so that the righteous requirement of the law, listen to this, might be fulfilled in us who do not walk after the flesh but after the spirit. I love what the Apostle Paul did right here. He said, the righteous requirement of the law, okay, so that part of the law that makes you right with God, he says the righteous requirement of it may be fulfilled. So he's setting the scope right there. He's saying this is God's big design. 
His righteous law, his requirements will be fulfilled in you by what? And then he goes right to the practicality and he says, for those who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. So he goes right from setting the stage to saying, listen, when you, from saying, this is the requirement, God's going to do it for you, learn to walk after the spirit. But the Apostle Paul, the practical man that he was, kept going and gave us specifics for how we walk after the Spirit. I love walking after the Spirit. For those, okay, and this is verse, where are we at? I don't know, I must have not copied the notes over. Hmm. He condemns in the flesh so that right requirement fell in the For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who set... <clears throat> But those who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So right here, here's what I want to get. So we, we get so hung up on, so we can, we can come, we can understand, we can understand a theology. And see, that's exactly what Apostle Paul does. He says, listen, your theology's got to get right. You've got to get your theology right, which is God will fulfill the law for you. He will enable you to do the things he demands of you. And then he says, this is how you practically every day do it. Right? He says, set your mind on the things of the Spirit. Get it off of the things of the flesh. You see, Romans 12. Romans 12 says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. If you don't like your actions, if you don't like the, the way you feel, you don't like what you're doing, change the way you think. If you can change the way you think, okay, you just might pick out a different outfit next time. Think about that. Let that now I'm going to say that again. If you don't like your actions, if you don't like the things that you're doing, if you are living under condemnation, change the way you think. You might pick out a different outfit next time. Your belief system generates your actions. You've got... The, the Apostle Paul explained it like this. He said, having begun in the spirit, are you now made perfect in the flesh? When we come to the cross, we get delivered, we're born again. We, how many of you believe that when you did that, you said that prayer, now salvation's yours? You got it. That's yours, right? Show of hands. That's fine. Yeah. Okay. Now, how many of you believe that in order to keep that salvation, there's a point system with God? Oh. I sinned today, got to do 10 push-ups, a couple hallelujahs, maybe throw an extra 20 in the offering plate. So you may not think like that, but remember what I said, if you're a human being, you do think like that. You, when you were born, you were born under the premise of the law. See, we, we, all, we all think like that, and we need to get our mind renewed, because our our belief systems dictating our actions. And let me just tell you something. When you have a, a works mindset towards God, when you have a works mindset towards him, and you come to him on the basis of your good works, do you know what the Bible says? It says that anyone who keeps the entire law, the whole thing, and yet stumbles in one point, is guilty of the whole thing. So, 
you want to know what Satan's tactic is for you? I'm going to tell you something. The Bible says we are not ignorant to his tactics or his schemes. And I'm about to clue you in on a tactic of his, okay? He wants you, when you sin, to feel guilty, to feel condemned, and feel like you are so far away from him that you could never come back. And that you have to give it at least a week before you talk to him again. Don't, yeah, I know you all think like that. Because I, I, hey, you know. So, by, by, by having that mindset... You're essentially living under the law. You, the Bible says you can keep the whole thing. You can be perfect and yet stumble in one point and you're guilty of the whole thing. So what we need to do is say, okay, come, come and ask God, Lord, get me to this point quickly where, I, where, where the Apostle Paul says in the end of Romans 7, we won't go there, he says, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? He's come and he's wrestled with the law for so long and he's wrestled, he goes from feeling right with God to feeling unright with God. He, he, he moves from law to lawlessness. He's just feeling awful and he says, I can't do it anymore, oh wretched man that I am. Who's going to deliver me? And that's when he says, but thanks be to God because he made a way. See, we, we come to God, we accept his salvation, his deliverance, at the cross, and then we, we, then we try to work, right? No, so we, we have a very much a works mindset where we feel like I have to work in order to maintain righteous, and God says, no, you're righteous, therefore work. So James said it like this. He said in James uh, 2.29, he said, he said, don't you know that man is not justified by works alone, or by faith alone, but also by works. Go back to the example of the clothing. When you get your belief system right, you naturally work. It's not an effort. You see, Galatians says, Galatians says, we need to walk after the Spirit. It's a walk, not a work. It's a walk. You want to know why the Bible uses the, the term, so how many of you would desire to have righteous fruit in your life all the time? Just all the time. Those guys raise their hands. You want to know why Jesus, uh, James said it's the seed whose fruit is righteousness? Because it has everything to do with biology. It has everything to do with biology. Imagine this. Imagine walking up to an apple tree and saying, apple tree, with an apple tree that had just big old apples on it, walking up to it and saying, apple tree, how many good works did you do today to have such wonderful apples? That apple tree might say something to you like, you obviously don't understand my biology, son. I'm an apple tree. I don't need to work to create apples. You see, God said you're a new creature in Christ Jesus. So live there. Believe it, whether you feel it or not. So that the righteous, okay, we're going to go back to Romans here. So that the, right, the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who are, who are according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So watch this. For the mind that is set on the flesh is death. 
But the mind that is set on the Spirit is life and it is peace. This is one of the most practical things you can ever learn to do as a believer is to ask God to start renewing your mind when you get into the Word. If you don't get into the Word, you're not going to grow as a Christian. That may sound harsh, but it's the truth. If you don't get into the Word on a daily basis and deposit it into yourself, you're not going to grow as a believer. It's very practical. Think about this. You are a product of all the friends you hang out with, all the movies that you watch, all the television that you watch, all the music you listen to. You are a product of that. And even if somebody is just an acquaintance, they have an effect on your life. It doesn't matter. You're a product of all those things. You've all, you've all heard the, the whole silly thing, garbage in, garbage out. Well, it's very practical. If, you hang, if you're constantly watching movies that are, are, are full of filth, and you're constantly hanging around people that are filthy, and you're constantly watching or re- listening to music that's full of filth, you will produce that. That's a principle. That's how it works. You want to know why? Because the Bible says it does. It says the mind, you see, what is your mind? It's a part of your soul. When you start investing all of those things into your mind, you're going to naturally want to live by what your mind is set on. The Bible says when your mind is set on death, you're going to live by the spirit of death, sin and death. When you, when you invest the right things into your mind, you will, like if, when you invest in when you invest in the Word of God, when you invest in um, the right music, the right friends. Let me just tell you something, because, and, and you all may want to slap me for saying this, but that's okay. You can just slap me later. The, I don't come to church every Sunday because my life has just changed every Sunday, and I have just amazing. I come to church every Sunday because it's an investment into my mind and to my spirit. I don't raise my hands during worship because I, I get this shaky, quaky, chill feeling every time. I do it because it's, I'm worshiping the, the living God, and that's right. I, I, I invest in spiritual principles that essentially get my mind where it goes. The, 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 this is how you practically live by the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. He says, get your mind, set it on the spirit. So he even goes as far as to say this. He says, for those who are after the flesh... For those who are according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh. For the, the mind that is set on the flesh is death. Because the mind that is on the flesh is hostile towards God. For it does not subject itself to the law of God. What law is he talking about? The spirit of life in Christ Jesus. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. The whole point of the law was to what? Be pleasing to God, for your life would be pleasing to God. See, when you set your mind on the things of the flesh, you're not even in the right ballpark. You can't, and God, God said, I, 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 I yearn jealousy. I am very jealous over the spirit that I've made to dwell inside of you. See, you can't keep putting the garbage in yourself, the things that, that, that make you feel what, whatever you're catering to, your flesh, you can't keep doing that and expect at any level to be made right with God. God does this for you. 
He will do this for you. He wants to do this for you. There is so much offered to us in the scripture, but you know what? The Bible says, my people perish for lack of knowledge. You know, my brother would have had to pay the taxes. What if, a king, what if his accountant didn't know about the new law? That would have been an example of my people perish for lack of knowledge. He, he wouldn't have known. He would have had to pay. We've got to go get into the word. We've got to know. We've got to get our minds renewed. So one, one, of the, one, of the, one of the key things to know whether or not you're wrapped up in the law is if you have a thought like this. I'm going to do this for God, law. I'm going to do this and God will forgive me, lawlessness. We see, the other extreme of the law is lawlessness. And we can move from law to lawlessness just like that. How many of you have ever been doing something, sinned, screwed up, and then said, yeah, I already did it, so I might as well keep doing it for a couple days, you know, until I don't feel so bad about it anymore, you know. So you move from law to lawlessness just like that. There's only, there's only one or the other. You see, if you want to know why you're, you're not meeting, it, just judge your works. Look at your works. Look at where you're at. It's because your works are a representation of your faith. So look at them. Judge them for yourself. Where am I at? Am I living under the law? Is my, is my mindset under the law? Your mind is one of the most important and powerful things next to your spirit that God has done for you, that he's given to you. You're... You're, so if you're living under the law, you, and here, here, here's, here's another tidbit for you about the law. If you, if you live by the law, you're only going to ever be able to go so far with God. That's it. There's a cap to the law. There's a cap to the blessing in the law. See, but when you learn to live by the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, it's infinite. And you walk into an infinite God and into an, a God that will lead you infinitely. There is no cap to the amount of blessing and the amount of things that he will take you and do for you. And, and the promises that you see in the scripture that always seem so far away from you are all right here based on walking after the Spirit. Is this helping anybody? So, one of, one of the ways you can know if you're, if you're walking after the law and not after the Spirit, or you're, if you're living under the law, is by paying attention to, to, to how, you, how your works act. So let's, let's give a practical example here. So let's just say that you're someone who's a pretty good person, or doesn't really matter. So you're, you're working through this, you're feeling great, you haven't sinned all week long. All of a sudden, you make this mistake... And then you feel so condemned that it's three days before you can talk to God again. I'll throw my hand up. That's me. I, I live there. You know? See, that's law. See, God says you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And the, that if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sin and cleanse us from every unrighteousness. At that very moment, whether you feel it or not, you are right with God. And at, at this very moment... At this very moment, you are, you are absolutely the righteousness of God in Christ. That's done. That's a fact that's been settled. He, Jesus, or the Apostle Paul said, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You have to work it out. 
God already worked it in. Now we need to work it out. We have to, we have to, we, it's kind of like this. Let me give you an example here. If you had a ball and it was attached to a string, okay, God, and you, and you threw it, let's just say you, you set it down here next to you, and you decided to start walking a good, a good direction, and let's just say there was 100 feet on that string, how long would it be before that ball actually started following you? It might be a while, right? But you just keep trucking because you know that that string is attached and that ball is going to follow you sometime. At some point, that ball is going to follow you. See, that's what your experience is like. See, because you can come to the Word, you can understand what it says about you, but then when you begin to work out your own salvation, experience takes some time to catch up. And that's okay. Watchman Nee put it like this. If you don't know who Watchman Nee is, go look him up. He's amazing. He'll change your life. Or God will change your life through his works. So he said it like this. Faith follows fact and experience follows faith. So you, as you go, as you make the decision, I'm going to believe that fact. I'm going to believe it whether I see it or not. The Word says that there's a law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus that doesn't indicate you from going and reading about it, understanding it, getting your mind renewed, and learning to intrinsically, everybody know what the word intrinsically means? It's just naturally living by this other law. It's not hard once you know it's there. It's not hard. That's, that's, that's the issue, isn't it? I just can't help but do it every time I get to the computer. You know, I just can't help it every time I see that person. I want to strangle them. You know, you want to know why? Because it is impossible for you because you're living under the law of sin and death. It is impossible until you realize that there's a higher law. So start to study and all of a sudden that experience that you thought was so far off and that you thought you could never get to starts to follow you and it becomes your everyday experience because you've seen that there's a higher law that you can walk by. This is, this is, this is so critical to the time we're in now because, we're, because let me say, if the Apostle Paul thought that Jesus was coming back soon, oh, we need to get, we need to get this. Church, we need to get this. We need to stop, stop living by the law of sin and death because God's got so much more for you. How would you feel if you bought something for somebody and they didn't even bother to figure out how to turn it on? They had, so let's say you bought your kid, let's say you bought him a brand new Ferrari. And the next thing you know, he's out driving around in a 1987 beat-up Pinto. How would you feel about that? And he's out there telling everybody, yeah, Dad, Mom, they didn't buy me anything. I have to drive this Pinto. It sucks. <laughs> How would you feel? You'd, you'd probably go after you smacked him around a little bit, but hey, <laughs> here are the keys to the Ferrari I just bought you. Learn how to use it. Here's a user manual. That's your responsibility. These are the keys. Get into the Word. Learn how to put the key in the ignition and turn it on. We are, we are under, we, we have been called to this and we're living here. 
God has got so much more for you. And my encouragement to you today is to get into the word and find it. You see, when you ask him, you, here's, here's the beautiful thing about the word. When you ask him for help, he gives you help. When you say, Jesus, I don't understand, he, what did he say? He, the spirit of truth, you will have no need for a man to teach you. For he, the spirit of truth, he will come and teach you all things concerning life and godliness. Right? So when you ask, ask in faith, you know. Ask in faith. Say, Jesus, Holy Spirit, I don't know what this means. Show me what this means. And watch what God will do for you. You know, we're, we're so funny because we, 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 have this, we have this thing. I think it's called pride. I hate the word because it describes me more than I like to admit. But we have this thing where we don't like to, we, don't, we, don't, we like to think that we know it all. So when we, when we come up against a scripture that we don't understand, or maybe we don't even read a scripture. When we come up against it, what do we do? We just graze over it. Or we make up some thing. No, ask God. You get into the word. You press him. You ask him what it means. And you watch what he does for you. You watch him change the way you think. And let me just tell you, it really is intrinsic. It really is natural. When you, there, there have been so many times or I've been in a situation when the God, God's been dealing with me on something. Let's just, I'll just use an example of, um, of, of anger. There would be so many times where I'd be in a situation and somebody would come, so let's, I'll just say at work, people would come and bring a problem to me that it was really their problem and they just didn't want to deal with it or they made a mistake again for the 4,000th time and I just wanted to take their head off, lose it, get completely, lose my cool and start yelling at them. And I did that. I've done that. You know, and when God began to do this work in my life, and began to say, me, you know what, when you trust me to rise to the occasion, because what's the law say? Don't get angry. It says, love your neighbor as yourself. So when that situation came my way and I began to say, Jesus, I can't love that person, but you already have. And you know what really you know what happened when I did that? I didn't even have to try. Because I knew, I understood that there was a higher law. And what came out of me was kindness and gentleness and peace towards that person. And I can remember the specific person. This, this happened not all that long ago. And this person looked at me after they told me, you know, what's wrong with you? I think they were kind of waiting for the, you know, the thing. I thought, no, it's okay. We're going to take care of it. See, that's why, this, this is a part of why we, we haven't seen revival hit the church is because we've been living under this law of death. We, we, we've, been so, we've been ignorant for what God has available for us. And it's available. It's yours. It's already done. You know, the Apostle Paul, when he prayed, he said, I pray that your eyes will be flooded with light. He didn't say, I pray that you will just be, have the most incredible impact with God and that God will change your life. No, he said, I pray that your eyes of your heart will be flooded with light, that you might know the depth and the width and the height and the breadth, that you can understand how much God loves you. See, God wants to turn the light bulbs on because when the light bulb turns on, it's not hard anymore. And the reason I keep stressing that point is because the law brings weariness. When you, try, when you come to God and you're trying to do good works and say, God, I did it again. 
and you keep going like that, you eventually, you're going to come to the point where like the Apostle Paul, and this is music to God's ears when you say, oh, wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? And that's when God can turn the light bulbs on in your spirit and say, I've already done it. God did. I've already done it. And we're going to live there. We're going to live there. Out of your belief system come your actions. So if you really believe that you are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, that you are a new creature in Christ Jesus, that you're seated in the heavenlies, that old things have passed away, behold, all things have become brand new. Not just one or two things, all things about you have become brand new. If you really believe that, your belief system changes and you start to act like you believe. That's why James could say, faith without works is dead. Because you can't, how, how would you feel if I showed up today completely in the nude? Stop, you're laughing. I'll take that laugh. I'll take that snicker. So, and I might, and I show up today and say, I love Abercrombie and Fritch. It's my favorite brand. And you'd look at me and be like, well, you may love it, but you sure don't show it. You'd be like, your belief system about the way those clothes make you look are useless. Your belief system stinks because it doesn't cause you to action. If you're not actively engaged in, in works, okay, God, the Apostle Paul said in Galatians, he said, good, the, the works that were designed before the foundation of the earth, that you, the good works that you would walk in them. God wants you to work, but they're works from a position of a righteousness that's already been won for you and already been done, and they're not works from a standpoint of earning righteousness. You can't earn righteousness. Paul, Paul said, your righteousness is as filthy rags to God, so let it go. So let it go. Ask the Lord to turn on the light bulb. Let me just tell you something. Something my father told me when I was 18 years old, I was wrestling with some of these principles. He said, I, I was just, I was all messed up. So, Dad, why am I not getting this? Blah, 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 blah. And he said, Son, until God gives you a place to stand, you don't have a place to stand. And I said, what? You know, the Apostle Paul said it this way. He abused the church. He was, a, he was an Advent destroyer of what God was doing. But he said, when God's so pleased to meet me on the road to Damascus when he's so pleased to reveal his son in me, then it was done. When you, you, let me just tell you something. You've got to press God on this area. If you want to experience this in your life, if you want to experience everything that God has for you and the reality of what the scriptures tell you is available to you, you have to press God on it. You have to ask him. You have to say, just, say, the, say it just like this. Let me just be very practical with you because let me just say something. I'm the type of person that after somebody says something like this, I go back and I get in my closet. I'm like, oh, am I not saying it right? Am I not doing it right? And what if, what, if I, what if I really didn't say the sinner's prayer just right? You know, so, so let me just tell you what to say. Say, Holy Spirit, like the Apostle Paul prayed, flood my heart with light so that I can see and understand and know the depth of this new law, the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus. Press God on it. He'll turn on the light bulb and change your life like you never thought it could happen and rock your world and turn it upside down. He's got more for you. That, that experience that you felt when you came to the cross and you said, you know what? 
this is it. You got saved. You believe you were saved. And then you rode a six-month high. And then you did something bad. Probably did bad things for three more months. And then said, okay, i got to get saved again. So you come back to church, get saved again. Pastor comes, prays for you again. And he's like, I think I remember you. You were here six months ago. You should probably come back more often, maybe. No, then that cycle repeats itself and repeats itself. Don't laugh at me. You know you've done it, okay? See, God, God has more for you than that, and you've got to get past that place, and this is how you do it. We won't move on with God until we get this. This is that important. You can hear a sermon like this, but you've got to go back and press God. Press him on it. And you will be surprised what he will do for you. And let me just tell you right now, this is... A bunny trail, I promise I'll leave, it, I'll leave it at a very small bunny trail. We're in a time and a season for God to give it to you. See, God, we're in a, I, I believe in my spirit. I believe with my whole heart that we're in a harvest season. That we have been, that, the, that our, our forefathers and the generations before us, they've plowed the way. They have, they have put the hard labor into the fields. And we are at a place right now that if you want it, all you have to do is ask for it. A lot of the hard work has been done. And we have our, our, for, our, our forefathers, our fathers and our mothers to thank for that. So can I get the worship team to come up here? So I don't, I don't like preaching stuff like this and then, and then not offering. Like, like I want to pray with you. Can we do that? Can we pray together about this? See, because when we ask God, the Bible says that when we ask, it says we got to ask in faith. And I want to agree with you that when we pray and we ask in faith that God's going to turn on the light bulb, that he does something inside of you, that he gives you a desire to go back to the word and search it out. So Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for what you're doing. Lord, we thank you, Father, for what was spoken tonight. Lord, let anything that I said that was of me, let it fall to the ground, Lord. And we just ask for your spirit, Lord Jesus, even now to work in the hearts and of everyone here in this room. Lord, we don't have to work. We don't have to work to have righteousness with God. We are the righteousness of God because of what you've done. So, Father, we just put our our, our, our foul mindsets and where, we've, where we have missed the mark, Lord, we put it under your precious blood and we just ask that right now your Holy Spirit would impact the lives of everyone under the sound of my voice, Father, that everybody would be impacted by it. Lord, I pray that your word would renew their mind, that their that we would be transformed by the renewing of our mind. Holy Spirit, we invite you to just take over every part of our heart and flood it with light so that we can know the height and the depth and the breadth and the width of what your word has to offer us. Lord, thank you that your word says, my word will not return to me void. When it is sent forth, it will go forth and accomplish the purpose for which I sent it. So, Lord, we thank you that the word has been sent forth tonight. 
and that it has been received into the hearts of your people and that it's going to take root. Father, we cover their hearts in the blood for your word says that the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. So, Father, we just ask that you would protect this word, this seed. Father, protect it. Guard that which concerns us. Protect it. Holy Spirit, we just ask that you would protect it. Father, I pray for a new level of... Father, I pray for a new level of your Holy Spirit. Lord, to, I pray that you would bring us to a deeper level of your Holy Spirit. Lord, I pray that the things that are found, the things that are found in your word, that they would not seem as a, as a, as a foreign thing, Lord God, but they would seem natural to us. Father, that like the apple tree, we can say, I don't have to work to be made right with God. I'm a son and a daughter of the living God, and therefore I work. Jesus, we lift up your name. Father, thank you so much for everyone that came here. Lord, I just, I just know that everyone is here because they're supposed to be here. Lord, I bless everyone that heard this. And we just ask that you, as we continue in worshiping you, Father, we just pray that you would inhabit our praises, Lord. And that as we worship, we would just, your word says that we enter into your gates with thanksgiving and your with praise. So Lord, we believe that whether we feel it or not. It doesn't matter if we feel like raising our hands or if we feel like jumping up and down, Father. Your word says we're in your presence. So we believe that. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you so much for listening to The Refuge Podcast. To find out more information about who we are and to listen to more inspirational messages, you can visit us online at wearerefuge.net.